Okay, so upside down kingdom, the unseen battle. And so we're gonna we're gonna read from a scripture in Ephesians 6. And Ephesians 6 is a passage of scripture where a guy called Paul is writing to the people of Ephesus, their church. And just like Silverwater, we're a church, just like C3SYD, we're a church, it's like Paul writing to the people of God. And so he writes this letter. He has spent the last three chapters talking to them about how to live your life in God's way and what that looks like. And I mean, Paul doesn't spare any details. He gets into the nitty gritty of marriage. He gets into the nitty gritty of honouring your parents. Hello. He gets into the nitty gritty of how you treat your employees. He, He gets into how you live your life. And as he's talking about living a certain way, he comes to chapter six. And in helping people and helping us live a way, because here's the thing about God's kingdom. God's way and God's kingdom is not a subculture of the kingdom of this world. It's It's not subservient to the ways of the world. It's not a subculture. It is a counterculture, meaning that God's ways are directly in opposition to the ways of the world. We don't do things the way the world does things. But we don't attack the world trying to dominate over people. We come under, we serve, we're gracious, we're generous, we're kind. This is the ways of the kingdom. We honour people, we respect, we love. But do not get it mistaken, the ways of God's kingdom are not the ways of this world. And if you're going to live God's way, there is a battle. There is a battle. There is an unseen battle. And what is unseen is very important because what you see with your eyes was created by what is unseen. What is eternal made what is natural. And when the natural temporal is done, what will last forever is what is eternal. And so we we ought to live according to the ways of eternity in this life. And this is what we're looking at, the unseen battle. But there is a battle. There is a battle. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Turn there. If you don't have a Bible, there's a big Bible on the screen for you. We've got you covered. We've got an ESV version I'm reading from. Who likes who likes ESV? Anybody? Who likes NIV? You like NIV? Who likes King James Version? Thee thou therest. Anybody? Okay. And uh, we love it. Let's read. Verse 10 says, Finally, finally, finally. His last concluding point. He says, be strong in yourself. Oh, sorry, no, mistake. Be strong in things that you own. Sorry, nice misreading again. This ESV sucks. It's, I can't. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of, not your muscles down at the gym, His might. Not guy stains biceps, his might. Put on, you gotta put it on. Just because you have access to something doesn't mean you're wearing it. Just just because you've got something nearby doesn't mean you've put it on yet. Joy is something you gotta put on. Faith is something you gotta put on. Peace is something you gotta put on. Put on. Stop looking at it, put it on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand. Everybody say stand. Come on, say it with some sass today. Say stand. 
against the schemes, not the plans, the schemes of the devil. He's a schemer. Verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the e- of evil in the heavenly places. Verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armour, not some of it, all of it, that you may be able to withstand. Everyone say, stand. Come on, say it with some sass today. Say, stand. This is about the unseen battle. I need you, I need you to have some sense. The, the evil day. And have done, having done all, stand. Say it again. Verse 14, what does it start with? Stand. Say it again. Therefore, having fasted on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword, I like this one, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Lord Jesus, we love You. Think of Your words. Speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. Paulus, we love you. Go sit all the way to the right there. He'll be back in a second. Give it up for Paulus. Can you thank him? Our band is so good. I want to ask you two questions from this Scripture today. Two questions. Question one, because we are in a battle. And and whether you recognise you're in the battle or not, doesn't mean you're not in it. You are in a battle and to recognise you're in a battle is important, but it doesn't change the fact that you're still in it. There are not 27 kingdoms. There are not even three kingdoms. There are two kingdoms, kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness. They are the only kingdoms. There is no neutral kingdom with king neutral. He doesn't exist. Just got gliding through life. That's not a kingdom. Just, you know, just making my wavy way through life, through kingdom neutral. It doesn't exist. There's one or the other. Thing about the kingdom of light is when you're in it, you can see because it's guided by light. When you're in the kingdom of darkness, you don't know you're in it because you can't see. We are in a battle Question one is, are you fighting the right battle? Are you fighting the right battle? Just, just ask your friend next to you to say, are you fighting the right battle? Say it like that. Say like, are you fighting the right battle? Say that in a high voice because it gives it more meaning. Are you, are you the, like, like there's a battle, but are you fighting the right battle? Uh, you know, we, we read about King David. Anyone heard of King David? Yeah, talk to me. Have you heard of King David? He, he, he's a king in the Bible. He's in the Old Testament. Great, unbelievable king. And he has this encounter with a guy called Goliath. And Goliath is eight foot plus. He's a giant. He's, he's, he's got big teeth, knives for teeth. He's, he's, he's got muscles for days. This guy is big. And David conquers Goliath with a little stone. Goes over, chops Goliath's head off. Like, like this is the Bible. 
And the Bible's so nice. Well, it's pretty rough. <laughs> and David comes up, finishes this guy, kills him. And often we will see ourselves as David. Now, there's a lot to learn from David. Don't get me wrong. Good guy. A lot to learn from him. Shepherd, heart for God. Let's learn from him. But in the story, you and I, we're not David. We're not David. David is a type and a foreshadow of one to come. And it's not me and it's not you. David is a picture of Jesus Christ who would come and conquer the Goliath called sin that blocked us from our promised land, eternity, heaven with God, reconciliation with God. Jesus represents David for us. Because I was reading this wondering why. Why does it tell us to stand in a battle? Right? Like if you're in a battle, wouldn't you be trying to advance and take the ground and kick the enemy in the head and, and, and advance? I would have thought that's, the, that's what I need to do in a battle. But it says stand. Why would you stand in a battle? The reason Paul says, having done all, stand. Put on the armour so that you can stand. The reason he says to stand is because you are standing on ground you've already won. Jesus already conquered the devil. He is done with. He has a way and schemes not, it's not a fight. It's not like we're in the ring and who's going to win. Come on, people. We've already won. We're not in this life wondering if I'm going to win. Oh, oh, no. We've won. It's done. And it's not you and it's not me. It's Jesus. He already conquered the devil. There's no wondering what's going to happen. It's finished. Jesus didn't die on the cross and say, to be continued like your Netflix show that you watch. He didn't say, make sure you tune in for the next episode. I'm not even sure what's going to happen. He said, it is finished. And so Paul says, stand. The right battle is this. Our battle is to stand in the victory that we've already been given. And it is a battle. It is a battle. Because the enemy, and you have an enemy, he wants to take you out of your position. If he can get you out of your position, he can rob what God has already paid to give you. Oh my gosh. God's already, God's already paid to give you it all. Like anyone ever received a gift voucher? Well, Lord, we just pray right now for more gift vouchers for everybody. And for a generous community, okay. You know, a gift voucher, you get the gift voucher, it's, it's paid for, you know that, right? When, you, when it's given, it's paid for. You don't have to pay for it. That's the beauty of it. It's a gift voucher. Salvation has already been paid for, but you have to use it. The gift voucher is of no value if it stays in your cupboard. But if you will take it and spend it and cash it in, Suddenly it has value. Jesus has already done the work of victory. My battle is to stand in it. 
My battle is to remain in it. My battle, as John 15 verse 1 to 5 tells us, in verse 5 it says, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So if we remain, we will be fruitful. If we can stand our ground, we will discover and experience the blessing and the power of God in our lives. Our job, our battle is number one, to stand. Anyone like soccer? Anyone like soccer? We we love soccer. Soccer, great game. I remember as a 15-year-old, I was a centre midfield soccer player. And I, I, that means you're meant to stay in the centre. But I was a, a very over-responsible footballer and I would do everybody's job for them. And so I would run around, I'd take the throw in, I'd run it down, I'd take the goal kick, I'd, I'd, I'd kick the ball to myself, run and chase it and score the goal. I, I, would, I would do everything. I'd be running around, I'd do everything but my job. Everything but my job. And so my coach, lovely guy, kind of, <laughs> He, he would yell from the sideline with some other words that we won't say today, but he would yell with some, he would say this, he would scream at the top of his lungs, Alex, hold your position. Alex, oh my gosh. Hold, yeah, like that. Hold your position. Stop trying to do everything. Stop trying to run around. And be irresponsible. Do your job. Hold your position. And this is what I can hear heaven saying to you and I. Hold your position. You are blessed. You have joy. You have peace. You have everything you need in Jesus. Hold your position. Fight to hold your position. Second part of this, fighting the right battle is that we must, wow, there's a stampede coming. I feel like, it feels like the Lion King. I feel like Simba right now. Mufasa. I I got to tell you, the second part of this is that our battle, our wrestle, as Paul says, is not against flesh and blood. Okay, 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 okay. So, so we got to, number one, fight the right battle by fighting to stand. Don't do God's job. Let him do his. Do yours. Stand. Position yourself in the house of God. Position yourself in the church of believers. Position yourself in in the word, in a relationship with God. Position. The second part of this is do not fight flesh and blood. Because your battle is not with flesh and blood. Even though sometimes what is happening uh, looks like flesh and blood. And here's, here's a secret. Sometimes the battle... With flesh and blood is with Christians. It went quiet. <laughs> Sometimes it's with, with people close to you. And it's like, what, man? What is going on? But that's real. That's true. But just because it's happening through a person doesn't mean that's the source of it. There is an unseen battle, there is an atmosphere. There are things happening and we need to take the battle instead of going and gossiping to our friends about everything. Have you prayed about it? 
instead of complaining over here about it, have you prayed? Have you, have you spoken to God? Have you wrestled with God? When was the last time you wrestled with God? Please, please, church, let's not be nice, just nice pansy Christians, all right? Wrestle with God. Wrestle. You are designed to wrestle. You are made to fight. But often we take the fight to the wrong place. Instead of fighting in the spiritual, we're fighting people and we're fighting our boss and we're fighting our, our sibling. We're fighting this and we're fighting people. But, but do not fight the people. Go and take your fight to God. Wrestle with God. I don't know about you, but I'm a fighter. I like to, I mean, no, 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 no. I, I mean, not physical, but I, I, I mean, get me on a soccer field. All you got to do is kick me in the wrong way and I become a whole nother player. I, I come alive. <laughs> I, I'll, be, I'll just be bending around the, and then suddenly you kick me and, and then I'm like, <laughs> and I, I, I find a wrestle and a fight on the inside. Every one of us in this room has a fight. And you need to unlock that fight. Stop being passive. Come on, church. We, we, you are not designed to be passive. You are not designed to be on the sidelines of what God is doing. You need to lean in and wrestle. If you feel angry with God, tell Him. It's okay. If you are frustrated by something, pray about it. Talk to God about it. Take your wrestle to Jesus. Let Him Carry, cast your care on Him. Take the wrestle to God. Let the fight rise. Don't, don't suppress it. The fight is good. The fight is okay. But it has to be directed in the right way. It's got to be taken to the right place. So are you fighting the right battle? Are you? Ask yourself, am I fighting the right battle? Our battle is to stand. And our battle is not against flesh and blood. Second question is, are you fighting the right way? Like uh, if you're a soldier and in the days of Roman soldiers, uh, it would be really bad to turn up to the fight, to the war, naked. Okay. (laughs) Everyone's like, what? It would. That would not be wise. If a Roman officer had a legion of soldiers and they all turned up with nothing on, I mean, Good on you for showing up. Tick. Step one. Done. You turned up. That's good. But, but now you're here. You've got to be dressed right for the occasion. You need, you need to have the equipment and the resource that God has for you. Do you have the armour of God on your life? Are you clothed in God's armour? When you are, you're able to stand the devil's schemes. Schemes come, temptation comes, lies come, distraction comes, deceit comes, doubt comes. Are you clothed, ready for it? Are we fighting the right way? And this means to put on the whole armour of God. Therefore, take it up, put it on, it says. And there are six pieces of armour. Are you ready? I'm going to fly through them. Number one, the belt of truth. The belt of truth, Paul says. Are you living in the truth? Truth girds you. Truth keeps you together. Are you living in the truth? Are you living in dishonesty? 
Are we living in the light, the truth of God? Are you, are you submitted under God's word and God's ways? Are we living in the truth? When we're living in the truth, we are living in the light. And when we're living in the light, we can hold everything together. But as soon as we allow a lack of integrity, how are you, how are you with money? How are you in business? How do you treat people? Are you integrous? Let it be for us that we live with, we don't allow dishonesty in our life, that we, we have accountability. We have places where we are making sure we are aligned with the truth. There is a truth. It's Jesus. Truth is not relative. Jesus Christ is the truth. So am I living? 1 John 1 verse 8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Number two. How are you doing? You doing all right? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, it's hard. It's, it's convenient. It's good though. We need it. Number two. Breastplate of righteousness. The soldier's breastplate was, was a heavy piece of armour that completely surrounded the body. Black, uh, back and front, or front and back. <laughs> and, and the Christian soldier must have this covering of righteousness. Right, how do you get righteousness? You know how you get righteousness? By repentance and trust, as Darren said today. How do you live in righteousness? You repent. Do you have sin in your world? Do you have, have ongoing sin? That's okay. Repent. Repent means turn away from it. Have you repented? Because if you haven't repented, you are vulnerable. But when you live a lifestyle daily, you might need to, listen guys, you might need to repent a thousand times a day. It's okay. I know I have to repent all the time. Join the club. Pride is the only thing that actually stops you from getting the grace of God. Humility doesn't stop you. Getting it wrong doesn't stop you. A lack of repentance is the only thing that blocks you between God. So deal with that and repent. If you need to repent, repent from sin. Get some people in your world that you can confess things to in, in confidentiality, of course. But live in the light. Live in His righteousness. And you will not be vulnerable. Number three, shoes of peace. Walking in peace. You know, James talks about the double-minded man who is unstable in all his ways. And, and when you are double-minded, you walk through life. I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure if God loves me. I'm not sure. I don't know if God's got a plan for me. Maybe He does. Maybe He doesn't. And we're walking through life with shoes of anxiety and shoes of doubt and shoes of worry. You are not called to walk that way. You are called to walk in peace. You are called to walk in confidence. You are called to walk in a knowing and a steadfastness that all things are working together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Put on the shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. 
We have peace through Jesus. Number four, the shield of faith. Have you cultivated faith in your life? Do you, do you have an atmosphere of faith in your world? Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How do you get faith? God's Word in your life. How much Netflix do you watch compared to how much Word do you read? Oh, it's, it's real in here today. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I am, but, but it's because it will help you. I mean, I think a good, you know, watching of The Crown is awesome. On Netflix, loving it. Season four, let's go. It's great. And you know, that's good. But, but is that dominating your life? Are your ears full of everything but God's Word? Because faith is like a shield. And it's a shield that goes from head to toe, covers you completely. If you have not cultivated faith, you do not have a shield. So no wonder everything gets at you. No wonder those fiery darts get at you. You need your shield of faith. How do you get faith? By the Word of God. How do you get the Word of God? You read it. You listen to it. You fill your mind with it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably a little bit crazy, but uh, that's, that's obvious. I get my voice on my phone, my iPhone. I get my voice reading scriptures about who I am in Christ. And I listen to it for five minutes every morning. My wife is like, oh, not again. <laughs> and it's me reading scriptures about me. And I fill it, I fill my head with it all day. I am complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. I am a joint heir with Christ. What is dominating your ears? Because this creates a shield of faith, an impenetrable, undefeatable shield. Number five thing is the helmet of salvation. Certainty, steadfastness and confidence that I am saved. Are you second guessing your salvation today? You need the assurance of your salvation. Ephesians 3.12 says, In Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. The helmet of salvation that guards my mind. The last one is the sword of the Spirit. I do like this one. And this is, this is where you move from defensive to offensive. Who, who, who likes defense? It's good. Who likes offense? Let's go. I, I'm, I'm all about defense, but I must say there's something about attacking. Woo! I mean, just maintaining and sitting back. Not that that's what defense is, but I, liked, I want to attack. And you do have a weapon. But you have to wield it. You have to use it. The weapon that we have is the Word of God. Listen to me, look at me, look at me. The weapon that you have at your disposal every day of your life, it is the Word of God. But the way the Word turns from, from something that I'm looking at to something that becomes a sword is when I put it in my mouth. You wield the Word by making it your Word. You, you will the power of Scripture when you start to speak it from your own mouth. 
Jesus said this in Mark. He said, if, if you see a mountain, you can pray to the mountain. Go throw yourself in the sea, mountain. And if you believe, it shall be done. It doesn't say if you pray about the mountain. Oh dear Lord, I do pray for the mountain and I pray Lord that it would move. And the mountain, Lord, we pray about. I think sometimes we spend too much time praying about things. We need to pray to. Pray to it. Pray to your marriage. Pray to your situation. Pray to your children. In Jesus' Name, change the tone. Pray to it. Use the Word of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I got a big meeting this week. I can do all things through Christ. Watch what happens when you get the Word and you put it in your mouth and you speak it. It becomes a sword which cuts to pieces the work of the enemy so that you can stand. And if you will stand, you will be strong and you will receive all that God has for you. But we must stand. Are you fighting the right battle? Are you fighting the right way? Close your eyes with me for a moment. Jesus, Lord, we thank You that there is a battle. And we thank You, Jesus, for all that You've done for us that we can win that we have victory in You. And we pray, Lord, help us to stand. Help us to stand, to hold our position, to not be distracted, to not be moved by the enemy, to not be moved by his schemes, that we would be strong with our armour of God daily.